greetings to everyone listening. So for the history for December, here we go. So in 1993, the only notable is Doom is released. The forefather of all demo recordings and mods and this and that of Great Impact is released in December. In 1996, three years later, we have two notables. The Rangers released back-to-back Ranger Gone Bad 2, Assault on Gloom, Gloom Keep. And a bigger release, which is Torn Apart Ranger Down. It was one of the very first Quake movies to have audible dialogue, where they had voice recordings and we could actually hear people talk instead of just reading text. So that was a game changer there, literally. Then a year later, um, Strange Company released its trailer for Echaton Darkness Twilight, their feature film uh, in Quake 1. And then Quake 2 was released to retail. Also, uh, again, another game changer for Echaton sequel, Nightfall. But that's a different story. Um, also, Blabalicious, a cult classic for Quake movie aficionados, was released by Avatar and Wendango. Uh, quite a very interesting uh, feature film. Not a feature, but basically a, a really good film. Uh, also, Dooms. <laughs> we were just talking in 1983 of Dooms retail release. And now in... Uh, 1997, its source code was released for the masses so they could do make it their tools and tinkers and all that fun stuff. And then in 1998, the old clan embraces a different video format. It uses the real video, also known as the real player, to uh, allow people to play back apartment hunting uh, outside the game and create an interesting feat with new technology way back when in 1998. Then in 1999, uh, we have um, Quake 3 Arena was released in December. Um, Quake Movie Library, one of the forefathers of Quake Movie review sites and whatnot, uh, became incorporated with Machinima.com. It was added as a host, so added to the Machinima.com family. And then the Ill Clans, hardly working, reached a milestone where they reached rough cut completed stage of production on its way to completion. And then the Unreal movie team, which was spearheaded by Hugh McDonald, uh, no relation to Gordon McDonald, and James Hammer Morton uh, from the Unreal movie team meets up and they create Unframed Productions, which has made a few notable Unreal uh, films over the years, Uh, but that was quite an interesting milestone. Then in 2000, Fountainhead Entertainment announces a double feature. Uh, First, they are announcing that they're going to make a film entitled Sidaral. It's going to be the first commercial feature film uh, using Quick 3 Arena and their machination tool. Uh, And part of the promotional um, is that they made a total conversion for Quake 3 Arena where you could actually play the game and the characters in the movie uh, in Quake 3 Arena. It was sort of what they did with the game on TV series that they also did as well. Uh, Just again, cross promotion and trying to integrate 
the audience is to be able to interact with materials from the TV show directly into the game and have that interesting harmony. And then uh, Donovan announced his last film that I'm aware of, uh, entitled The Valor for Life for Quake 2. Um, actually, Donovan's Dream might have actually been after this, but uh, unfortunately, it didn't get past the design phase. Uh, there were a couple of screenshots he shared, but basically it didn't, didn't come to pass. But again, he's a very unique individual with his film, so any hope of anything new is always refreshing and different. Then in 2001, we have uh, two films were released, both by Ken 3D maker, filmmaker uh, Fang. Um, he released his Bender and Stein film and Bender Strikes Back Part 1. Uh, these were actually his very first films that I remember him making, and they were quite good, actually, using the um, very first edition of Unreal Tournament. So that was quite an interesting flick back in the day. And then in 2002, um, Anthony Bailey from the Quake Done Quick team, uh, because had access to the Quake 1 source code, was able to incorporate into Quake 1 engine code to enable capture of video and audio, uh, kind of like preceding fraps. Um, and it called it Quake Capture. Uh, the link is in the show notes if you're curious of what it, that entailed. Um, also in 2002, uh, the Quake 2 source code was also released, uh, which enabled us all to have those very beautiful graphical upgrades and whatnot added to the Quake 2 engine, as well as Quake 2 RTX uh, that's around to this day. So definitely a big deal there. Um, Dr. Nemesis released his first teaser for Stardate Nighttime. Uh, it was a talk show format show that he was going to do, like Quake 2's um, Late Night with Toxie and SOB. Uh, I believe it didn't get out of the, the pre-production phase, but he made up for it with Lady Mainframe with her gaming news. So he definitely tried it. Guess it didn't really pan out, but he was able to create more stuff after that, so he wasn't going to let that get him down. Also in 2003, we have the final chapter of the Killer Robot series from Nanoflex, you know, Peter Rasmussen's uh, feature film uh, that was completed in 2003. We also have a new group that made an impact, um, Malvision. They were a actor's guild of sorts, but they focused on making movies in Planetscape. Um, they created 13 films. Unfortunately, I didn't see most of them. I did see The Shadows of Eurakis. Uh They did a trailer and the first chapter. Uh, quite an interesting film for an eight-minute piece, uh, but unfortunately they couldn't do any more because it was just unsurmountable. Um, the archive, Internet Archives entry actually does have a piece, a little blurb on it that I put in it when I uploaded the video um, to explain how much effort that the creator said that it was. It was just astronomical and they just couldn't do it. Um, another interesting story that on Machinima.com's forums had a very interesting proposal from a restaurant owner in Seattle, Washington at the time. And he was proposing seeking people out in the machinima community to produce original pieces that he would run in his restaurant to his customers. 
And he was also offering a share in the profits from the venture. Uh, I don't know if it really panned out. I didn't hear any follow-ups on it, but it was still very interesting of a note that someone was reaching out for people to make custom uh, productions, which will be interesting in a few seconds. Um, the Red vs. Blue team also announced in December that their Season 2, highly anticipated Season 2, was going to be premiering at the London Film Festival, London Film Center in New York City, um, on January 3rd of next year. So that was very notable. Uh, Re Remedy and Rockstar Games announced an official Max, team, Max Payne 2 mod, mod contest with a category with non-interactive movie being one of the categories you could submit. And the winner was a film called Pain to the Max, which you should definitely check out if you have the chance. The Ill Clan was actually a reached out and was contracted by the Spike TVs to actually do little vignettes to introduce the award categories for their video game award show, the VGAs. And they basically used machinima techniques to animate the award category introductions for the different categories that for each award that people were going to be nominated and got an award for. Another interesting note is there was a new Canadian, at the time, live-action hybrid animated kids TV show called entitled Zix Level 1. It's sort of a live-action hybrid with machinima components to it. They actually used the monolith Lithtech engine. That's the engine that powered uh, Shogo 2. It powered the Lithtech film producer when you had Ozymandias. Um, but it's quite an interesting piece of news in the commercial realm there. And then in honor of the 10th anniversary of um, Doom, Doom World had compiled an extensive article, which is linked in the show notes, about the early forms of devil recording in the Doom engine, with UA Garlic proudly being mentioned. As I said, the link to the article is in the show notes. Then in 2004, unveiled... Valve actually unlocks the full SDK for Half-Life 2 on Steam. Um, another interesting historical note, uh, in 2004, Short Fuse, which is Matt Kellen and David Lloyd, they are the ones who are responsible for doing No License. Um, this is a project that actually precedes MovieStorm. They tried a open source product called Machinimascope, and it was quite an interesting project that Unfortunately, it didn't really pan out that I know, but it actually is the, the precursor to MovieStorm because that's what they ultimately developed uh, to be what it was. So quite an interesting bit of nostalgic for some of us. Um, also, Epic Games revealed the winners of the Phase 4 non-real-time interactive movie for their Make Something Unreal contest uh, for the 2004 edition. Um, the first place was Bot, second one was Journey, third is Infiltrators, fourth is Sparked Memory, which is quite good, and the editor has you. The next item is Slam Dance is proud to announce that the inclusion of Machinima in this year's, or actually next year's, 2005's Slam Dance Film Festival in collaboration with NCSoft, which is um, a game developer. And they'll be screening shorts created by their popular game of City of Heroes. 
and also hosted panel discussion about the future of machinima and its significance for both film and gaming worlds. Also, ATI and Crytek. Crytek is the one who makes the Far Cry series. Um, and Crisis, um, they made a tech demo entitled The Project, which kind of riffs on Far Cry. And it was just showing off the cinematic computing promises that really gave a good idea of cinematic storytelling in a real interactive environment that you could actually play if you had the right video card to play it back. But quite an interesting piece of work. Um, the next one is that um, Valve re releases a major source update, which includes the face poser, the tool that allows people to limp sync the, the faces of the characters in the game. Um, and that's what Paul Marino used to create his music video, um, the, the Life of Breen, the one with the G-Man, sorry. Um, also, in 2000, the, at the end of 2004, Machine.com started doing video streaming uh, services, so you didn't have to download the videos. You could just stream it through QuickTime. Uh, that was quite a fun project for me to do back in the day. Um, in 2005, uh, one of the most interesting things is the machinima as a word was considered to be added to the Oxford American Dictionary, but it didn't happen, but it did get a very honorable mention in the Oxford University Press blog. Unfortunately, I could not find the link to it. So just having the mention here is good enough. Um, the Ill Clan visited Stanford University in California, not only providing a, sh a live show, but also talked about Machinima to the students and the faculty. Another release, Mew, Mew Productions released just a game. It's another Machinima live action hybrid that just shows um, what will happen when normal players start warping into their different games that they're playing and that they're, you know, it was just basically a, an example for Mew to try out different ideas. And it's quite an interesting piece if you get a chance to watch it. And then a notable for Machinima.com's history in the sense that um, we had for the very first time a person that kind of uh, reached all three showcase windows for for two different projects. Um, Amanda J3162, Amanda Stanley, she's known for doing um, the SSPH Silver, Silver Stars and Silver Hearts series. Um, Two of the pre-episodes for that series were noted, nominated for those two spots. And also her, I got my Gmail spot as well. That was also, so she took all three top spots for a little bit. So quite an accomplishment for an individual to take all three spots. It never happened before in over five years or, or ever. So definitely a notable thing to mention. Also, um, Digital Phil and Dr. Nemesis's Machinima Live podcast. It's one of the few podcasts that definitely really had the community involved, including myself. Um, their very first episode dropped, which was the entitled The Evolution of Machinima. Uh, as some of the uh, old-timers remember that Phil Rice actually got involved with the team uh, after the third episode and uh, was quite an interesting adventure, to say the least. Um Another thing is that uh, Henry Lowood and Michael, I'm going to mispronounce it, Niche, 
um, they announced they're going to be publishing a book called The Machinima Reader. Uh, it's one that had essays from very different individuals about the impact that Machinima Reader has as, as, as a culture shift of sorts and was quite highly praised by the people who have read it. I still, to this day, haven't had a chance to read it, so um, I'll take their word for it. Um, also, this Barton Knife, uh, they also got had a deal with Spike TV. They created six exclusive webisodes featuring such guests as Korn, Dave Perry of Shiny Entertainment, um, Jeff Keegley, host of Spike TV's Gamehead. He's also in charge of um, the Game Awards that just actually came, were just um, shown on TV just a few days ago uh, as of this recording. Um, Kurt Vandell of the Atari Museum and Jet Howard of the Used. I believe that is a music band. Um, and then Decora Gal releases her trailer for the, her 13 PG-13 series that's done in The Sims 2. It's entitled Adventures in Dating. Uh, it's premiering on January 4th of 2006. And it was quite a meaty um, series that definitely dove into um, more adult themes than you typically would in The Sims. Um, but definitely really rock solid and quite an interesting series to check out if you have a chance. And then that's it, guys. So I hope you have a very nice holiday and season screenings, as they say. So take care, and I will give you the Januarys when January comes around. All right, thank you. Take care.